Well, good morning, Oakwood Christian Church. Thank you. Thank you. But really, this is how this should go. I want to say thank you. Thank you for investing in the men, not only of this congregation, but also of congregations all around this area. Thank you for opening your doors. Thanks to the tech team. I want to especially thank the kids from Ozark, kids from Ozark, the students from Ozark, who did such a great job in leading worship for us this morning as well. So we appreciate all of them. As my mom used to say, when somebody invites you to their house, you ought to invite them to yours. And so, as I think I did the last time I was here, I want to give you an invitation. My name is Jeff Walling, and I'm from Southern California, born and raised there, and work at Pepperdine University. This is the Pepperdine campus. And every year, we host Christians from all over the country at a conference called Harbor. This year, our theme is Running with Perseverance. And I want to invite you, uh, moms and dads, uh, folks who single, uh, grandpas and grandmas, we would love to have you come out and enjoy a little bit of different weather uh, than you have here, at least right now for sure, in Oklahoma. We'll bring in a couple hundred speakers from all across the country. And the great news is uh, we open up our dorms, many of which have ocean view rooms, and you can come and stay for four nights, room and board, food and everything, and the conference for about $245. Uh, I know some of the guys are saying, that's the anniversary trip I can afford right there, baby. We're going to Malibu in May. But sincerely, out on the table out there, some information about that. Pick up one of the cards. Would love to have you come to it. And also, uh, some brochures about a program called Crossways. It's something that I lead at Pepperdine University, helping to raise up the next generation of young leaders. Uh, and if you're a high school student who's a sophomore or junior, you get one shot at coming to be with us. Uh, we select 100 students, and we'd love to have some from Oakwood Christian come out and spend nine days growing as a leader and asking God, what do you want me to do with my life? I'll be out there after services uh, for a moment or two, and if you're on your way out and want to pick up one of those brochures or ask a question, please swing by. Okay, open up to the book of Daniel. By this point, Eric Shirley has drilled that into you. Open up the book of Daniel. We're going to start in chapter 3, but we're going to ping just a minute off of the beginning of the book. During the holidays... I just need to confess this to all the burly men. I'm about to lose burly man points. But I watch Hallmark movies during the holidays. Uh, I watch them because my wife makes, I mean, because I sit with my wife and we watch them. And she gets mad at me because in a Hallmark movie, from the very first line, you know what's going to happen. In fact, in the first 60 seconds or two minutes, I'll say, baby, she's going to marry him and he's going to fall in love with her or this. She said, well, you just hush up. You don't know that that's going to happen. Yes, I do. I know that's going to happen. Folks, sometimes we get that way with Scripture. We launch into something and we know what's going to happen. God's going to win. Can I get a, oh, yeah? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But Daniel is kind of a biblical head fake because when you begin reading in the book of Daniel, God doesn't win. You ready? How to stand firm 
in challenging times. When everybody else is doing it, go ahead and get out your outlines that you're given. And let me just give you something to think about. Write this down. The shock of the book of Daniel is that God lets some terrible things happen. Listen to how the book starts. And the Lord, pardon me, in the third reign of, the, of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, everybody say Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, of course, he reigns in Jerusalem. So here is this king in the wonderful city of God. But Nebuchadnezzar, can I hear a boo? Yeah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. Now, we know how this is going to go. And he besieged it. That's simply a word for trying to make it a bloodless battle. We'll just camp around your city. We won't let food or water come into your city. And eventually, you're going to run up the white flag. Now, this has happened to Jerusalem before, and there have been kings that have come against God's people all through the Old Testament, right? Because we know whether it's the Hittites or the Jebusites or the Parasites, God's people are going to end up being victorious because they're God's people. Amen? Okay, boy, this uh, second service kind of tired. It's, it's cold out there. Amen. God's people will be victorious because we know God is powerful. Amen. Amen. All right. So here we go. It says they besieged it and the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Can I get a round of applause for God? He delivers Jehoiakim. Wait, 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 wait. Hold that applause. Keep reading. And the Lord delivered King Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. Excuse me? Into Nebuchadnezzar's hand? Into the bad guy's hand? And along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of, what does it say? His God. In where? Babylonia. And put them in the treasure house of, oh, wait, 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 just, this can't be happening. That's not possible. Somebody's got to fix that text. You mean God lets the bad guy win? And not just win, but rub their faces in it, march right into the temple of God, the Holy of Holies, and just grab stuff that the Israelites have honored and venerated Yahweh with and walks out, waving them in front of them and takes them all the way back to his beautiful city, Nebuchadnezzar's wonderful city, and puts them in his God's temple. Can I hear somebody say, that ain't, right. that ain't right? Yeah, that ain't right. That's not the way the story is supposed to go. But can I ask you maybe to write down one other thing in your bulletin, and that is that we can suffer from that same shock when sometimes we see the way our world changes. When's the last time you got mad because of something you saw on TV? When's the last time you got mad because of something somebody did and you throw up your hands and you say, I can't believe people are saying that's okay. I, I, I can't believe that they're putting something like that on TV. I can't believe that they would let a movie like that. Why, that's just... The lesson this morning has to do in part 
with us getting over being shocked by the world. With us getting over Satan having some victory. Now, I want you to hear you clearly. I may use the phrase the world several times. Here's what I do not mean by that. I do not mean by that that your neighbor who doesn't believe in Jesus is a rotten, often terrible person who ought to be run out of town. By that, I do not believe that every TV producer, every movie producer is a godless heathen who deserves to be shot. By that, I do not mean that we need to throw eggs at the house of people who don't believe in Jesus or we need to jump up and say nasty things to people who don't obey God. Because that's not what Jesus taught us. Can I get a oh yeah? He said, love your enemies. Nudge the person next to you and say, I love you. Careful. Even if they're your enemy, go ahead. He said, I want you to love your neighbor. I want you to love your enemy. Husband, love your wives. Wives, love your husband. Children, love your parents. He wants us to be loving people. And yet, we get caught in the shock of, that's just wrong. And we react in bitterness, anger, depression. Sometimes we even say, that's it, God. Where are you? How could you let this happen? And Paul, finally, <laughs> in the book of Romans, quotes an Old Testament prophet and says, folks, we've been fighting this battle a long time. Let's just be honest. There is, well, here, let's just read it together. There is, can you read the words with me? There is no one righteous. Not even, there is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All, he says, together have become worthless. He said, when are you going to recognize the fact that this is a messed up world? I just think about the last, about the last 50 years or so. I think about, you know, how do you measure culture? So I'm going to use media, television, right? Movies. Let me see if I can separate the young from the old in this room and, and get my wrinkled homies to say, do you know about these three words? I love Lucy. <laughs> How many have ever watched an episode? Be honest. How many have ever watched the episode I Love Lucy? Okay. Some of the young ones here have even done it on YouTube, right? All right. How would you describe the morals of the show I Love Lucy? I Love Lucy was a pretty straight-ahead moral show. In fact, if I'm, I'm going to create a continuum here on stage, all right? I'm going to let this side over here, where the piano is, <laughs> being as I grew up in an a cappella church, this will be very comfortable. This will be all that is wicked and awful, okay, o over here. <laughs> and then if we go to this side, we're going to say, this side is all that's moral and good, all right? So here's the continuum. Over here would be just perfectly living society and over here is oh my goodness this is just terrible this is immoral this is awful well i love lucy wasn't a bad show do you remember this do you remember when they first showed lucy and ricky her husband in the bedroom there was a big stink there was a big stink at the broadcast company about this we can't show them in the bed yeah we can we'll just have them in Anybody remember? Separate. Separate beds. Twin beds. 
I mean, you know they're married because they had little Ricky, but still, when they, when they showed you the bedroom, they were in separate beds. Why? Because they didn't want to do anything that someone would think was even slightly inappropriate. That was never a cuss word on that program. Ricky never cheated on Lucy. Fred didn't divorce Ethel. I mean, it was just everybody was, well, they kind of were like, man, folks you go to church with. All right, you know, Desi was out in the nightclub, but for the rest of them, they were all right. And that's just like how TV is today. Anybody remember Peyton Place? Oh, one of those first shows that, whoa, and then soon we had Dallas. Oh, my goodness, the dresses, the things they wore, the things they did. The, the, and, and, and before you know it, we've got to... Modern Family and South Park and all of a sudden Game of Yeah, if you know the last word, shame on you. <laughs> because the stuff that's now on HBO or now they've gone to Max, right? Man. It's a long, long, long way from I Love Lucy. Can I get it? Oh, yeah? And with each one of these little incremental steps, the church goes, oh, I can't believe that. Oh, I can't believe that. I remember my dad. We, I, I, I talked him into taking us to a movie, a Mel Brooks movie, a funny movie called Blazing Saddles. <laughs> I had not seen Blazing Saddles. My dad didn't have a clue who Mel Brooks was. He loved the Ponderosa. But I remember the day he shut off the TV when Paul Cartwright said D-A-M-N on TV. Well, Blazing Saddles blew him out of the saddle, let me tell you. <laughs> and in the middle of the first scene when the fellow shoots a hole through a Bible, my dad said, that's it. And we backed out of that drive-in movie theater and he went up to the fellow and said, I want my money back. I'm not going to pay for smut like that. Oh, Lord, if my dad was here today, he'd have a new definition of smut. Can I get a oh, yeah? Oh, my goodness. And each way along the, along the prayer, we'll just, oh, no, that's wrong. I can't believe that. Oh, no, you're not going to. You'll never. Oh, what? No, that's not possible. But why? He's, he's got to be kicked out of the, of the country if he, he, what? What? Careful now, because you're going to go, whoop, and your antenna is going to go up. That actor is gay, or he's portraying gay is okay. That congressman is. And each step along the way. And hey, listen, I took the ride with you. You get mad. You get angry. You want to just go, let's protest. We're just going to go hate people into righteousness. Is that a plan? Not of Jesus, right? But, but Jeff, don't you get up? Oh, yes, yes, I do. But what I want to learn from Daniel is that the key to living right in Babylon is not hating and cussing them out for cussing. Can I get oh yeah? I know some of you are like, well, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Well, let's just, let's just ride along with it and watch what happens when we don't tune into this. Mark down number, I think it's three there in your outline. What we need to do is we need the power to simply stand firm that Daniel's friends found.
And we all know this story. It's a great VBS story. Daniel's out of the scene, and there's a king named Nebuchadnezzar, right, who is the one that took Daniel and his buddies away. And he had three friends named Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. That's right. And those three boys become super famous because they happened to be here when King Nebuchadnezzar, who, by the way, was a major show-off. You think we've had some show-off presidents in our life. We haven't had anybody touch Nebuchadnezzar. He loved to display the wealth. Let me show you the hanging gardens of Babylon. Did you know this is just a, you know, an image that somebody drew? These were the, one of the eight wonders of the world in the desert. This beautiful, amazing city. People would come to it like going to Paris to see the Eiffel Tower. Wow, this is awesome. And Nebuchadnezzar would say, yes, it's me and Marduk, our God. And look at what we're doing. And so in the desert in chapter 3, he decides out on this plain, he's going to have them erect a giant gold statue for people to bow down to. Probably looked a whole lot like Nebuchadnezzar. Nine stories tall. Think about that being out in the desert. Think of a nine-story tall building being out in the middle of a cornfield. It would stand out just a tad, don't you think? And Nebuchadnezzar says, and we're going to have musicians out there, and when the trumpet sounds and when the music blows, I want everybody to do what? You've got to be a pretty egotistical person when you've got a nine-story tall statue of yourself and you still think people are too tall. Oh, no, I want them even smaller. And when they blow the trumpets and when they sound the lyres, there's three boys standing up. Say their names. And Nebuchadnezzar loses it. Now, here's the words of a fellow standing in a city about 7,906 or so miles from Enid, according to my phone. <laughs> Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... So the men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up? Now listen, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, and the pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. Now you need to know, the word tov is the word that's used in the Hebrew Bible there for that good it's the same word that God uses when in the beginning he makes thing and makes man and says, oh, that's very good. Hebrew readers of this story would choke when they read Nebuchadnezzar saying, yes, that's very tov, very tov. Just this kind of attitude. That would be very good if you did it. Can you say just the word, oh, very good, like you're being super condescending. Try it. Very good. Yes, okay. If your spouse sounds normal, that's going to kind of scary. Okay, so... <laughs> But if you do not worship it, everybody say peer pressure. If you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. And then what God's going to be able to save you? All right, how did the boys overcome this? Because we know the end of the story. Yes, indeed, they do walk out of the fire. And I believe there are some principles, but it'll be easier if I show you than if I tell you. Can I do that real quick? Do you mind? Is that all right? Um, where's my buddy? Are you, Caleb, come here a minute. I met you at the conference uh, here. Can you give Caleb a big round of applause? His dad actually <laughs> serves here as part of our security team. Okay, dude, tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you, Caleb, and what grade are you in? Seventh. 
seventh grade. I'm going to ask you to look out there at these folks, and you are going to represent the Oakwood Christian Church. In fact, you're going to represent Christians everywhere. You're going to be the church, okay? I'm going to represent the world, all right? So my morals are going to be a little different than yours. Back up just a second, and I'm going to ask our church here to help us today to say, where would you say the world is today? If here is absolutely pure and noble and wonderful, and over there is absolutely terrible and awful, where would you say the morals of the world is today? You know, move this way a little bit. Just point. Oh, my goodness. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. So, on the piano? I think we have a little bit of room to go yet. We're not eating kitties for breakfast, all right? I mean, that's... Okay, so the world, is, the world is not on the moral side. The world, you know, does things that we'd say, no, no, no. Okay, now, we've got to put Caleb in his spot. So where are the morals of the church today? What do you think? Farther to the right? Mm, there's some people out there going, hmm, 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 hmm. Well, let's do this. Let's try this. Caleb, why don't you just put one finger right on my shoulder, arm's length from me, right there. All right. And you just stay one arm's length from me. You say, Jeff, why would you say that? Because in my growing up, this is how morals was often determined. Oh, the world's doing this. Well, we're not going to do that. But over time, Am I wrong, or is he now where the world was just a little bit ago? You, you, you remember back over here in the days of I Love Lucy, right? <laughs> Guys, in about two seconds, the church is accepting things the world would have thrown up at. The church is doing things the world would have said not on our television set. You're awfully good at that. <laughs> so what do you do? Everybody say, stand firm. Back up a little bit. Stand right there. All right? Finger right here. Don't move your feet. You got me? So the world moves. <laughs> Is this us or what? I mean, let's be real. You know what I'm saying? We're like, well, you know, I... I still want to be in touch. I, I still want to be in touch. I want to, at least if somebody's talking about a movie, I want to. I want to be able at least to know what the joke is. I want to be able to say, when they say winter is coming, I want to be able to say, oh, at least I know what that means. And dude, did I tell you to stand still? Yes. Okay. This time, don't move your feet. Don't look at me. Look at them. Okay? In, in, in fact, even better, hold this way up above your head and look at it. 
Mark, mark down number one. Let me tell you what they did, I believe. They focused on God. For us, it is keeping our eyes on God and his word. Can I get a oh yeah? It means I stop comparing myself with the world. It means I stop worrying about, oh, but mama, everybody's doing it. Oh, daddy, everybody's doing it. Come on. This bathing suit, this dress, this movie, this attitude. Dad, all the guys are going. Dude, you're not going to that party in that bar. Dad, it's graduation. Everybody's doing it. Okay, take just two steps this way. Just two. Okay, the world will cheat. Didn't I tell you to stand still? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You said, but you told me to. This is it. The world will buddy buddy and say, Yeah, man, we love you. Love what you're doing. What you're doing, those, you know, those kids are, are so great. But you know, we, we want to do something for, um, we want to do something, man, I'm about to name, say a word that's going to make everybody's hair go up on flame. And so I'm, I'm just going to say it. Um, we we want to do something for all of the um, uh, gay couples in our community. Would you guys be willing to do, you know, something where we honor them and, and do maybe, you know, redo their vows? And now, hang on. Because this is tough. Do not hear anyone say, Jesus hates dot, dot, dot. Does Jesus hate sin? Yes. Jesus died for sinners. Amen? Amen. If you know somebody who you think, they're not living according to God, they are somebody who Jesus loves and wants to go to heaven. And our call, our call is to go beat them up until they say yes to Jesus. Somebody say no. What's our call? Love your neighbor, love your enemy, love. But our call is not to compromise. Now, here's the problem. The world keeps moving. And the distance between me and him gets larger and larger. And you are feeling this impact right now. When there's only this distance, oh, yeah, I know, we appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, we, man, you guys are kind of conservative. <laughs> you're like... What? You, you wouldn't accept someone who was, you wouldn't let someone be an elder at your church if they are, what? Dude, you are sick. I mean, that's hate speech. Good night, that Bible, I mean, really? I mean, there are things in there that, I mean, let's be real. We need to ban you. We're gonna close your doors, dude. Come, come halfway, just halfway, half, half, just a couple, of, just a, just a little, just a little. I wish this could end here, but here's the reality. The world doesn't just your fan. The world doesn't just put a finger. The world says, "Oh, come on, we're buddies. You gotta come this way. You gotta come this way." Dude, I'm heavier than you. You've got, you, you've got to come this way. And, and we struggle, right? And we wrestle. And sometimes we even see somebody, some guy, some fella who's, you know, he's a good guy. He's trying to stand in the right spot. But boy, I tell you what, he gets in a relationship. And before you know it, Satan is just saying, yeah, come on, come on. Nobody will ever know. Nobody will ever know. And what do we do? What you're doing right now? We sit and watch. Maybe gossip. 
maybe say, can you believe what she wore? I can't believe what he's doing. And the world, maybe with some of our teens, you may even look at some of the teens and say, look at the way she's dressed. Look at the way, look at how they talk. And we just watch while Satan has a blast. You know what the shame is? There's supposed to be people here who love the church, who love this guy. And it's a shame that there's people out here who just sit and watch instead of saying, shouldn't we help him? Shouldn't we do something? And look where they all are, sitting dead still. Isn't that a shock? There's not a person in this auditorium who loves this poor kid who's being yanked around on stage. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 whoa, 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 hey, guys, please, hey, freeze, freeze. Take a picture, that's the church. That's the church. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what Satan doesn't want. Just, just freeze right there. Here's what Satan doesn't want. He doesn't want Shadrach, Eshach, Meshach, and Abednego to lock arms. He wants to pick us off. Satan does one at a time. But Shadmach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know what they do? They stand before the king, and they do what's right. Listen to what they say. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. Come on, read it, be them. Say it with me. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need. They say, dude, I'm not going to debate you. How come you think it's so wrong if two people love one another and can't just live together? How come you think it's so wrong for a guy and a gal who love one another, even if they're not married? Maybe it's too expensive for them to get married. Maybe they can't afford a fancy. Maybe that's why they're living together. And you guys put him down and criticize that? Yeah, I thought so. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Dude, I'm not going to debate you. But I'm not going to change. I'm not going to cuss at you. But we're going to do what's right. Do you see the difference? Because it feels better to say, Well, you can say what you want, but you're going to hell. Hope you like it. It's hot. Right? Knocking on doors. Hi, are you a Christian? No. Well, you're going to hell. Uh, <laughs> would you rather come to church? Every Sunday, we have a bunch of people say, hell, church, hell, church. We'll go church. We'll, we'll head. We'll just go ahead and go church because at least it's better than hell. We're not here to get out of hell. We're here because we believe in Jesus Christ and we want to be so like him and we want to love the world and see them brought to God. That's why we're here, right? That's why we're here. They said, we're not gonna, we're, we're not gonna argue with you, but here's what we won't do. We're not gonna change. We will not bow down. And then look at the rest of this text. I, I, I always think it's Shadrach who's doing this. You know, I don't know why. I think I do, that Shadrach is, is speaking for the other guys. And he says, well, let me add one more thing. And Meshach and Abednego are saying, what, what's the other thing? I don't know. Even if our God does not save us from the fire, I gotta believe he felt. What? Can we talk a second? What's up, guys? Okay, what's this even if he does not thing? God's God, right? He's going to save us from the fire. We're good, right? We're all good. We're all going home for dinner, right? Shadrach says, dude, I don't know. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Do you believe in God or not, guys? I wonder if Shadrach, if he walked in here, would say, do you believe in God? Jeff, do you realize that if I actually did the right thing, I might lose my job? Shadrach says, do you believe in God? Do you know how long I have put up 
with this woman, with the way that she, with the way that he, I mean, I just want out. And I met this gal at the gym. She is so, she laughs at my jokes. It's so wonderful. And Shadrach says, excuse me, do you believe in God? Dude, I'm never going to find anybody. But man, I have my own sexual needs. And in this hookup culture, I mean, there, there are some people and, and I don't even, when do you have to get married? I'm never going to be divorced because I'm never going to be married. I'm just going to, and Shadrach says, I'm sorry. I thought I saw you sit in Oakwood Christian Church. I thought you believed in God. Oh, come on. It's just, we'll fast forward through the, you know, there are any dirty parts, you know. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. And Shadrach says, I'm sorry. If you're going to bow down, bow down. But if you're going to do what's right, if you're going to trust God, then stand firm. I know this sermon makes this sound easy. I know this is hard. I know you've got friends or you've got relatives who've made choices that break your heart and then you think, do we invite them over for Thanksgiving or do we not? You know, do we send them a, a Christmas present or do we not? Jesus says, love your enemies while you, everybody say, stand firm. Not only did they do that, but they believed in Christ's promises. Mark this one down, the second thing. They believed in Christ's promises over the world's promises. They believed in Christ's predictions it's going to be worth it. And thirdly, I believe they believed in the power of we. Notice there were three boys in the fire. There were three of them there. When Jesus sent out disciples, he sent a couple of them out. The people around you are supposed to have your back and you're supposed to have theirs. Can I get a oh yeah? So that when God, when God sees and when Satan is here trying to pick off one, he's not going to be able. He's, and occasionally, even though we can move the world a little bit. Can I get an oh yeah? Occasionally that'll happen. But all we're trying to do is, everybody, one last time, shout it if you will. Two words. The first word, stand. Stand firm. Would you give these guys a big round of applause? Hey, Caleb. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, K Caleb, out, out on a table in the lobby. Caleb, out on a table in the lobby, there's a Pepperdine pennant. I want you to grab that when you leave because that's where you're going to college. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is the moment when we all kind of take a deep breath and say, Jeff, this is so great, but this is church. This is what we say in here. And I need to just say, God, please help us to do it out there. Amen. Because sometimes it doesn't end the way it does in the third chapter. And the three boys walked out of the fire, and the king was like, what? And he looks in and says, I see a fourth one in there. And you know who that fourth one, I believe, was. It talks about it being a, he says, looks like a son of the gods. I do believe it was Jesus. I don't, can't prove it, but I, I believe that Jesus was in there with those boys. Because whenever the fire is high, my Jesus is nigh. Whatever fire you're facing, whatever temptation, whatever frustration, whatever anger or bitterness, however you feel, no, I just can't believe. Deep breath, feel the hand on your shoulder. He says, I'm here. Stand firm and just do what's right. Be loving and do what's right. Be gracious and do what's right. Stand firm. And if you feel like, Jeff, there's no... There's no way. There are people here who will be ready after this service to pray with you.
If you've never given your heart and life to Jesus, you are missing out on the greatest buddy in the world. Can I get an oh yeah? Somebody who loves you so much he would give his life for you. If you've never given your life to Jesus and been baptized in his name, Eric, any one of the pastors, probably almost anybody on your row, would be happy to share with you the good news of Jesus. Church, say, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. But now it's time to go out in the cold. Before we do, we're going to take the Lord's Supper. We're going to commune together as a way of saying one body, one blood, one church, one family. And just like those kids who ran up here we're not going to let each other go. Satan's not going to pick us off. And we do that by keeping our eyes on him.